right. It's funny, the, the illustrations I'm using today and then some of the conversations that I just had this morning, uh, it's, been, it's been really interesting. It's, it's cool how God works. Um, I was talking to Felix about engines and lack of oil and what that can do to a vehicle. Um, um, I was also, when I was putting this sermon together, I was thinking about Michael Schwab, so make sure that all, all this, um, the, these engineering terms I use are, are correct. <laughs> but machines, machines, they're astounding feats of human engineering. doesn't matter if it's a, a big machine, a small machine, but most machines are made up of many parts, and they come in various shapes and sizes, and they also need lubrication. Usually it's in the form of oil so that the machine can run smoothly. Oil reduces friction. It slows down wear and tear. It prevents machine downtime. It generates more product. It saves money, controls machine temperatures, and it blocks contamination. Without oil, most machines would break down fairly quickly. And without the various parts, you don't even have a machine. You've often heard me talk about the Christian life as being a partnership, partnership between us and God. Without God's spirit, which the Bible often uses oil to illustrate, our church would be nothing more than a social club. And without us, the members, the church would cease to exist. It wouldn't exist any longer. The Christian church, when working properly, should look and work like a well-oiled machine. The role of the local church is emphasized by the body of believers who work together in unity in Christ. Again, when we allow the Holy Spirit to unite us, we, the Christian church, can work together like a well-oiled machine. Now, machines are created for a specific task. So we've got to ask, what is the task of the Christian church? The local church is to reveal God to the rest of the world, using their God-given gifts through the Holy Spirit to accomplish the great commission, that last call that Jesus gave to us before going back to heaven. We are image bearers. That's what we are. We are image bearers who have been blessed with spiritual gifts that help us follow through on the task that Jesus gave us, his command to preach the gospel message, which when we do so will lead us to make disciples, to baptize them, and then help teach them how to follow the way of Christ. That is our job. That is our task. That is why we, this local church, exist. 
Now, God is faithful, right? I knew I'd hear your amen, Ron. When I was practicing this sermon, I heard your amen at that part. I appreciate it. (laughs) He always holds up his end of any bargain. He always keeps his word. If he makes a promise, you know that God will follow through with it. We don't have to worry about that. So we don't have to worry about the oil in our machine to make it run. And so if, if the oil isn't the issue, then why are local churches so often clunky? The way that we work, it's just clunky. It's not smooth. I submit to you that the typical issue is that certain parts, which were created to play a specific role, are not doing their job. They're sitting on the sidelines. But then we have other parts, other pieces that come along and and they try to pick up the slack. Which leads these overachieving parts then to get worn out. And eventually they can become brittle and even break down. Now, I'm not gonna stand up here and pass any judgments as to why some church members don't get involved in the local church, as I believe that there are many reasons. And those reasons may be constantly changing over time as well. Some simply don't know what their gifts are. They don't know what part they are to play. Some are too worn out and exhausted by their their day jobs and their home life. Some are recuperating from past service and they just need a reprieve. Others may feel as if they have nothing to offer. Nothing to offer. And it's that last one, that last one that I I want to encourage you this morning, it should not be an excuse in any of our minds. Paul worked very hard in his writing to combat this false belief. For example, in Ephesians 4, we read verses 11 through 13, and he himself, Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, all, come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the the scriptures are clear here. The Lord has given gifts to all, to every believer. And this means that every single one of us has a purpose in the kingdom of God. We have a role to play in the body of Christ. The church should be a group of people who exhort and encourage each other in their gifts because they're good gifts if they're given from God. All of the saints, the scripture says, are to build up the body of Christ. This is a calling for every individual and every single local church. We must be cautious, though, that We don't, and and knowing that God has called us all and that he's given us all gifts, we've gotta be careful that we don't 
compare ourselves, though, to other people. We have all been given gifts, yes, but they aren't all the same gifts. Romans 12, 4 and 5, it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Wow. Members of one another. The truth is, y'all, you need me. You need me. But to be fair, I need you too. We all need each other. Like a well-oiled machine, the body of Christ is is comprised of working parts that are all interdependent upon each other. The large Impressive cogs are no more important than the tiny springs. Paul continues into verses six through eight, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Any machine is comprised of parts that are used to modify motion and force in order to perform work. The Bible talks about work in a little bit of a different way. It uses the terminology good deeds. Every part is important in every part is dependent upon the other parts. Paul refers to the body of Christ as having many parts, each with its special function, which means every member of the body of Christ is important. And I'll use another word we've been hearing a lot over the past few years, essential. Every member of the body of Christ is important and essential. But perhaps equally important is this fact that we belong to each other. We're a family. We may have our differences, but at the end of the day, we are all called to work together to reach a lost and hurting world with the good news message. That's our role. That's our job. And we can't allow our differences to keep us from doing that, from working together like a well-oiled machine. You and I each have a significant function in the body of Christ, and we all belong to each other. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14, it says, For as the body is one and has many members... But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Reminds me of the Bible. We usually, we refer to it as a book. It's not a book. It's a library of books. The body of Christ is made up of many parts. Yes, 
one body moving forward in a certain mission, accomplishing a certain task, but a lot of different parts that are playing different roles, different gifts being utilized. In the coming months, we will have a sermon series focused on the various aspects of stewardship. It's not all just about money. We've got 10 10 different sermons planned on 10 different things under the stewardship umbrella. But as we are now in this moment about to begin nominating committee, this, this group that you all just helped vote into formulation, I think these next verses I'm gonna read give us a, a sneak peek about the importance of being good stewards of our time and our talents. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplied, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Each one of you here today, each one of you have something to give to this local church body. Each one of you. You are an important part of this machine and you have an essential role to play. If we want to work as this well-oiled machine, this local church needs your help. And more importantly, if we want to finish the work that God gave to us so that Jesus can come back and take us to be in that place where he is preparing a home for us, then we must see total member involvement. I want you to listen to these sobering words from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9. The work of God in this earth can never be finished until the men and women comprising our church membership rally to the work and unite their effort with those of ministers and church officers. Wow. We talk a lot about the second coming. We talk a lot about wrapping up this work. But do we talk enough about this sobering reality? That talk, when not followed through with action, is often quite cheap. The work of God in this earth can never be finished until the men and women comprising our church membership rally to the work. We've all got a job to do. We've all got a job to do. Dear friends, I cannot do this on my own. I can't. I'm not Superman. I don't have any superpowers. Members of the Edmund Seventh-day Adventist Church, do you realize that the elders team can't do it all on their own. The church board can't do it all on their own. Those that were voted in two years ago in nominating committee and all these different church officer positions, they can't do it on their own either. 
God wants each and every one of us involved in some way, some way, shape, or form. So I'm, I'm calling us to pray that we dis- discover our God-given gifts, our calling, our personality strengths and limitations, our interests, our abilities, our motivations, our skills. I want us to all pray individually that God would reveal those things to us because we've all got something to give. And if any of you are like me, you probably, if you know what that something is, you probably downplay it. You probably think it's not so important. But we've read a lot of scripture today that speaks to the contrary. And I wanna encourage you in that whether you've been gifted with speaking abilities, clarity in giving Bible studies, a heart toward service, a conviction toward prayer, a musical talent, a hefty bank account, a creative mind, a ministry that is appreciated by children. That's that's an important one. And and the kids will let you know it too. the ability to follow instructions well, or maybe the power to diffuse difficult situations. Whatever it is, whatever it is, God expects us to put those talents, those gifts, those skills into use. This local church has many, many needs. I know lately we've been talking a good bit about our monetary needs, but we have more needs than that. There are positions in this church that have never been filled in the entire time I've been here as a pastor. They just go undone. And I know that there are individuals in this room right now that God wants to use. Ever since I've, I've been here in this church, there has been a, a core group of about 20% of the people that do 80% of the work. And I believe that God wants us all to work together to rectify that. As I wrap up this message, my appeal, it's gonna be a little bit different than anything else I've ever done. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, ask the deacons to pass out a sheet of paper to each person in here. It's, it's, it's front and back. But what what you are about to receive is a survey. It's a simple survey. And you will be helping the nominating committee better know how you'd like to serve this local church. You'll be helping the nominating committee know how they can better do their job. And also let them know of others that you believe that God has equipped for certain roles. I know when you get it, it looks like a lot, but I'm gonna walk you through it in a second. We're gonna go through this together.
If you haven't gotten one yet, just raise your hand so the deacons can see you. Make sure you get one. Is your hand up, Aisha? Kids, y'all, y'all need one too. Oh, look at all these hands going up up here. <laughs> y'all children have an important role to play as well. And I'm sure if some of this is confusing, someone next to you would be willing to help you out a little bit. You know what I didn't think about? Do you know that box in the office that has all those pens? Does anybody need, oh, Brandon's on it. Brandon's on it. Brandon's gonna get some pens. If you don't have a pen or you don't have a, a, a pencil, I'll let you know here in a second when he comes back in. I'll get you to raise your hand. So the, the first thing that I want you to do is just put your name on it. Just put your name on it. <laughs> Once a week, I teach a Bible class at Parkview, and that's always the first thing I say. Make sure your name is on that sheet of paper. If anybody needs a pen, just put your hand up. Brandon's coming around. <laughs> Give it just a few more seconds, make sure everybody gets a writing utensil. So put your name at the top, and then you'll see on, on the left side of that sheet is just a list of all of the different positions that we have here in this local church. This, this was specified for our church. This was something that Ellie Castagnon put together. So all these different positions, and, and beside those different positions is just a, a little box. It says positions you have had in the past. I want you to just put a, an X or a check mark by any position that you have ever served in, whether it was in this church or if it was some other church. If you've served in any of these positions, just put a check mark there, and then beside it, if you would like to let us know how many years you have served, you could put that as well. And I'm just gonna walk you briefly through everything, and then you can, you can go at it. The next step is uh, positions I will gladly serve in. There's a first, second, and third numbering there. We would like you to find one, two, or three positions that you would like to serve in, in this local church. If you feel convicted, if you feel called, if you feel you have certain talents or gifts, put a check mark in the first, second, and third. You can have up to three. If you wanna write others, that's, that's fine as well. But just, you're, you're letting the nominating committee know, I'm willing to serve. I would like my name to be considered for these positions. And, and just so you know, if it's a position you aren't familiar with, if it's a position you've never served in before, the Edmund Church leaders will be working to make sure that people are getting any training or resources or mentorship that they might need in order to serve effectively. 
And please, don't think that by filling this out that you are like signing your life away. Um, or if the nominating committee then calls you and asks you to serve, you're essentially saying, I'm willing to serve in this position for the next two years, but if you get into something and you realize it isn't for you, that is okay. If something changes in your life and you can no longer serve, that is okay. I believe that God just wants a willing heart. If it's meant to be, he'll make sure you're equipped. And then finally, on, on the far side of that sheet, if you know of any people that you feel have been gifted to serve in any specific area, write their name out beside the position you think they might be good in. <laughs> and just so you know, anything you put on here or anybody's name, they're not automatically gonna be thrown into a role. The nominating committee will be calling every single person to ask if they would like to serve. So that's, that's it. But I, I don't want you to send, the, I, I don't wanna send this home with you where it'll get buried, lost, or forgotten. We'll never see it again. So I've, I've asked Tanya to play just a couple songs for us. And while she is playing, I will ask you to finish this, to fill it out completely. If you finish and the music is still playing, I would just request that maybe you take that time to pray for the others that are still working on theirs that God would, would speak to them, that they would be willing to follow God's leading. And then after Tanya finishes her songs, I will have the benediction and you will be dismissed, but the deacons will be standing at the back with some little containers. Just put your sheet into that, 